Hello, and welcome back to our weekly podcast where we recap the Islanders' recent performance in the last week, uh, and we're going to talk about hot and not players. This week, we'll talk about the ESPN broadcast because it's the first time uh, since 2004 that the Islanders have taken part in that, and then we'll talk about the upcoming games. I'm your host, Tom. My co-host here is James. Hello. It was very sing-songy. It was like, yeah. it's James. <laughs> well, um, well that's perfect the- because I think sing-songy is an interesting way to describe the first three games of the season, Tom. Wouldn't you agree? What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, We're not professional over here. I, I appreciate the attempt at a transition, but we'll just treat it like it worked, and we'll talk about the first three games. All right. Uh, so I will give a, a very slight overview here. Um, so opening night, Carolina. Uh, it was an interesting game in that you know I expected two one, you know three two low scoring. You got two teams that I expect to be in the playoffs at the end of the year, and uh, Carolina just kind of blew us out. Six to three, it doesn't feel like a blowout. Um, be, or, or I guess the way the game was played doesn't feel like a blowout, but we kind of let it get away after the second, and it never really felt like we should win that game, you know? And uh, Sorokin looked a little bit shaky, but no, like, terrible goals, um, just, like, not any big saves. And that would carry over into the Florida game, where Sorokin, I, again, I don't know if I could pick out a goal where I'm like, how do you not save that? But I, I can't pick out a big save. So kind of just like position-wise, not ready in the first two games, uh, maybe not prepared for full game speed again. That's understandable to an extent. And also, Zdeno Chara was not helping out. Andy Green was not helping out. So it, it was kind of a tough go defensively for the first two games. And honestly, now transitioning into the third game, not that great in the third game either, but bailed out by Sorokin finally getting his, uh, his game going. And we're thankful because, you know, Chicago outplayed the Islanders for, I would say, two periods. And then the third period, the Islanders just kind of let loose. And hopefully that builds the confidence up, but hopefully not too high because they need to know that so far this year, I think they've played like one good period. Um, wow. Yeah. Tell me how you really feel, Tom. <laughs> so uh, That's why we have a podcast. James. No, so that's actually really interesting um, because uh, I don't know if it's just – my general thoughts about the first three games were I can't tell if there is some playoff fatigue since they made a deep run and and the playoffs ended later than mm-hmm. they normally would because of the yeah, whole COVID definitely schedule. Definitely a very short off season. And um, so I, I don't – I would assume that would have an impact and now we're seeing them starting to, or hopefully starting to get back to their game, which I guess if I wanted to make a narrative around the Blackhawk game, it would be, yeah, sure, maybe they didn't play well for the first two periods, but they were wearing the Blackhawks down. You know, they were tiring them out, sure. wearing them down. And then the third period, the floodgates open. And, you know, like, like... I mean, in a way, you are right, because I think uh, by their coursey, they got better throughout the game. So, hmm. you know, they... And then something else I do worry about is, or wonder about, I guess, is, uh, you know, obviously of the same top D pairing, Pilock and Pollock. Um, and you... And but then both defensive pairings, right? The left side you have Green and Char, but like they're mm-hmm. both playing with different people. So you're I, I, old. I um. What's the SpongeBob song? I, Mr. Krabs gets up. I feel like that's Char and Green every day right now. Yeah, I don't know. We need to get the Isles guys in here to make memes on the fly. You're 
they're both playing with different, you know, uh, different partners. So mm-hmm. even though obviously Green's played with both Dobson and Mayfield, you know, I'd assume, you know, yeah. obviously. Yeah, Green, so, Green was mostly, I wonder, they did play around with everything the other night, which I liked seeing, mm-hmm. you know, you got to see Bo on the first line for once, which was kind of cool. And um, you got to see Wallstrom moved up to the second line for a bit. That led to the first goal. Right. So, uh, good job by Trotz early on. That it, It's funny because I think that's both good and alarming because I feel like usually – so it's good in that it worked, Trotz playing with the lines and it worked. Uh, it's bad in that I think the fact that so early on – I feel like Trotz is usually a very methodical guy and he'll let things play out if he feels like they're manageable. Like you said, like Chara and Green, if he right. felt like they were just – not quite there yet, but they'll get there. I feel like he would have left them where they were. I feel like he's mm. legitimately worried about those two not being able to play 82 games because he's already like, oh, geez, how am I going to like make these guys look better? Yeah. Like, how can I play around with the lineup to, to maximize whatever they have left? And, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's not been great uh, for Chara so far. Uh, very slow. Uh, he got beat around the corner in the Florida game on a goal. Um, it's, uh, not good. And, and coming into the year, that was my biggest worry with the Isles. And so far it's been that, uh, and I do think though, that they are going to, uh, as a team, like the forwards, uh, are going to get better with their positioning. The other day there was a giveaway behind the net by green, but, and what made it worse was Pajot, the center, who should be covering the middle of the ice, wasn't there. He was stuck behind the net with Green. And so now you had a shot right from the middle of the slot with nobody on, whoever it was, I think, to brink it. And luckily Sorokin got out, was very aggressive, and made a save. But right, right, you know, the right, forwards, right, yeah. The forwards got to play their part in the defense too. So mm-hmm. um, maybe some rust there. And every year, and I think people are going to notice it this year more because people are on the Islanders a little bit more to win the division. But you're like for people that are just now tuning into Islander games, uh, which includes the ESPN broadcast, um, you um, you might notice that they're not going to be that team that you watch in the playoffs that's just, like, amazing all the time, except yeah. for the occasional blowout to Tampa. Um, but, like, this Islander team routinely goes through, like, really rough stretches of the year. We You said it uh, the last two years going into the playoffs. You said it before the podcast. Um, that yes, I did. I did say yeah. whatever you're about to say before we started yeah. recording. No, I yeah, and we were it, just talking about it before we started. And I guess it's true. Every team goes through stretches like that, but we go through stretches where it feels like pulling teeth to score. Yeah, and we do also go through stretches where defensively we're like, wait, I thought we were God on defense, but mm-hmm. you know, it does usually even out. But uh, you know, a little bit more worried this year when you have two forty-year-olds on the on the left side. Yeah, um, and. Uh, uh, I was going to say, we'll go into Hot or Not next, but just just because you brought it up, the ESPN mm-hmm. broadcast and stuff. Sure. Um, yeah. Just, you know, it, it was a, it was definitely a first broadcast in mm. uh, 18 years. What was it? Uh, since 04. Since 04. For, so. for, for us. Um, right, for the Islanders. That's true of the whole league, but we had a playoff. Our last ESPN broadcast was I think the last game of the Tampa Bay Lightning series in 04, which was a wow a, another lost series to the Tampa Bay Lightning <laughs> on the way to a Tampa Bay Cup. So Tampa Bay wow. in their last three cup wins, which are their only three cup wins, they've beaten the Islanders on the way to each. Well, let's not make it um, 
a fourth Four. time. <laughs> it's a drive for five, okay? Um, so, yeah, and I don't know. Like, the, the, the announcers, I actually weren't familiar, wasn't familiar with the announcers. I, I didn't really watch the intermission reports, um, mm-hmm. you know. But the... Uh, the they had audio issues, which I thought was uh, fitting again for a first, first, um, you know, broadcast and stuff. But I mean, other than that, other like other than fixable mistakes and just getting used to announcers, I think it was it was fine. It just took me a while to find the channel because I wasn't, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I totally yeah. forgot. You're used to to plugging in for MSG a national Plus, game. bro. That's how that, it goes. Or or like NBC Sports for a national game, yeah. like that one was. Uh, for me. Um, I'm going to pick out a couple things that I'm not sure you noticed, but I noticed Go them for it. not during the original broadcast. I noticed them today when it was ba- on MSG plus on repeat. Mm. Um, cause I watch every Islander game six times over. Um, but no, at one point in the game, it was like, it was in a short period. There were two like massive errors. First, uh, the announcer, by the way, the color commentator was Ray Ferraro, former Islander. I like him, but I like, especially when he talks about when he was a, a member of the Atlanta Thrashers first team. And he was like, we were a joke. We were terrible. <laughs> I just love hearing his stories about that. He was like, if you, if you loved the game, that team could suck the love out of hockey out of you. Um, wow. So I, I just love hearing him just like, it's, it's funny, but uh, getting back to the, to the point, um, I don't know the actual play-by-plays uh, uh, announcer's name. Uh, I'll look it up in between, uh, but he called the puck the ball a couple of times, <laughs> a couple of times. And within three minutes of saying the ball, he also said, oh, the Chicago Blackhawks, who last year had 25 wins, 26 losses, and seven ties. <laughs> Maybe that's another. Oh, we haven't had NHL since 04. There are still ties, right? Nothing's happened since then, ESPN says. Um, so that. It, yeah, you know, that's that's pretty bad. If you're gonna be charitable, uh, you could say like, for for I, I'm not gonna be charitable on the ball one. That's just bad. Uh, I'll be charitable on the tie one and just be like, whatever. For all intents and purposes, it's kind of a tie. So whatever. Um, but you know that early on, and like you said, the oh, I want to pitch you an idea very quickly. Uh, for that you mentioned there was a little piece where the the uh, Audio just went out. Yeah. And you could hear a little bit from the ice. Um, like, you could hear the tiniest bit of just what's going on in the ice. Oh, the yeah, that was also weird because it was, like, the the, the microphone volume with the crowd and the game and yeah. stuff like that that was also kept down. As and we scored so. right as the sound came back, back on. That was funny. Yeah, that was cool. But, but I want to pitch to you an idea. This is not my original idea. I've seen this on Twitter all the time. Uh, people in the age of ASMR. And, I'm, yeah, I wanted to see your reaction before okay. I continued. Uh, people are like, what if we have a dedicated broadcast for some national ge- for all national games where there's no commentators and it's just the sounds of the game? And I would love that. Obviously, I feel yeah. like you'd have to put it on a channel where cursing is okay. Like, because oh. you're going to hear – you're probably going to pick up some stuff from the players. You're probably going to pick up some really awful stuff from the players. <laughs> um, but I do think that's like a super cool idea. And uh, I, I did actually, and this isn't like, uh, you know, a, a stupid attack on ESPN, but I did actually prefer when the, I couldn't hear the announcers for a few minutes. No, yeah, that actually, that's interesting. Uh, they could call it like the crowd experience or whatever, yeah. you know. Look at um, you, you've already got it. Uh, we branded it. We're taking it home 
and we're yeah, we already trademarked doing, it. Yeah, so before uh, the video, everyone else that. can just screw right off. Sports. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I probably would end up just. I don't know. I, it would be cool to try. I think, mm -hmm. but I'd probably end up zoning out of the game more easily. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do that now. I, I don't watch the games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I just watch the commercials. So, um, everyone that's ever watched the game with me just went, Tom. I hear you scream when they score. It's terrifying. You hear? I hear you scream a lot more than just scoring. Um, <laughs> it's true. So yeah, we we should uh, we should throw a Belmont bunch watch party. We invite all original 438 of our subscribers, okay? Mm -hmm. And if anybody subscribes after this is out, like, sorry, you're not invited. Um, you know? We'll and, throw it in a random lot. Yep, we'll get, like, a single projector County. with a single screen, and we'll all 438 of us will watch it. Yeah. And um, without the sound on. And someone will yell, Dominic Moore's balding. <laughs> One person in particular will yell that. <laughs> yep. Okay, so um, anyway, moving on. Hot or yeah. not? Do you want to start with hot and not? Yes, start. We've been going for 16 minutes. No, I minutes. mean, do you want to start that segment? I would like to continue with that segment, yes. Just continue okay. the show with we that segment. We haven't begun that segment. Yeah, we have not begun. So, uh, I think the start obvious... Start the show over. <laughs> I think the obvious... No, I was I was distracted before when you were talking about uh, the ESPN thing because I was trying to pull up a list. I pulled up a list of their announcers, but uh, mm -hmm. I have I do. It's like I don't know one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It's twenty four people. So going off memory, I think it was like Sean McDermid, something like Let's that. See. Is there a name close? Sean to that? McDonough. McDonough. That must have been no him. McDonough. Yeah. yeah, McDonough. I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, that must have been I, he, him. He, um, and God. Oh yeah, you know. play by. He's a play by play guy. Okay, yeah. yeah. So this is going to sound We figured dumb. it out, everybody. Don't worry. Because okay. he's very polished uh, from like, a, you know, he sounds like a broadcaster. Like he's got the voice for it and everything. I mean, does he but, normally like, what does he normally, does he normally do something else like a different sport? I'm not sure, but I would assume so based on him calling the puck the ball. <laughs> and saying um, ties <laughs> instead yeah. of saying overtime uh, Unless he was frozen and for the last, ever since 04, like maybe he just thinks the NHL is. Still Wait, like, when was that uh, rule instituted? The the, the which one? The overtime point. I think it was uh like after the lockout, so like oh five oh six. Yeah. So he hasn't done play by play of hockey since then. So that I mean, makes you should still you should probably still pick up on the uh, the the new rules over the course of <laughs> you know however many. ESPN years, has been frozen. Years. Their hockey division. They didn't fire anybody. They just they kept them on the payroll, but just like you know. They weren't allowed you to do anything. You think they put them where you? Uh, they put them where Disney was. Walt mm. Disney. Oh. 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 I thought you meant because you can get like ESPN Plus and Disney Plus or whatever in a package. No, I meant like physically frozen in a lab. Yes, that's exactly what I think happened. That's where uh, that's Barry exactly Melrose. I think that's a clone of him that they actually let do the uh, the. Oh. They have a show now on ESPN called The Point, and it's like their hockey show. I haven't watched it yet, so I'll give my feedback on that once I do. If I ever find the time, but anyway, hot not. Ah, uh, yeah, right. Um, so I think there's been one really hot player, and as always, it's Matthew Barzal. Every there week he go. is the hottest player. But Hell um, yeah. but Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> so by default, the second hottest player is Anthony Beauvillier. I was gonna say Oliver Wallstrom, you know, but that's kind, of, that's fine too. Um, 
but no, the hottest player in terms of their hockey game, I'm talking about obviously gotcha. Thomas, gotcha. is uh, is yeah. I would say the easy answer is for the best player of the week would be Oliver Washroom. He had one goal in each game, or he had uh, at least one goal in each game. He had two goals in the Blackhawks game, right? Yeah, so he had three goals in three games. He didn't score in the Carolina game. Oh, okay, okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, okay, just just double checking that, double checking your facts. Sometimes you're wrong. I'm never wrong. Um, and uh, maybe they're not my facts. Maybe they're my feelings. And then, uh, I have separate stats for my feelings. Oh, okay. And good. in that area, <laughs> Franz Nielsen is, is still on the team, and Franz Nielsen scored 51 goals last year. Wow, that's because yeah. that his number. Two? Yes, that's crazy. Wow, Those what are, are the my chances? Feeling, my feeling stats. He scores fifty-one every year. And then the uh, the not player of the week. I mean, again, the easy answer is Zidane Chara. But I, you know, I think it's Michael Dowdle. Ah, uh, wow. Actually, what a throwback. I think the hot player of the week is Andrew Ladd, as I have him positioned right here because he well scored done. a goal in yeah. on. Uh, he's playing for Arizona, right? Yeah. Yeah. Good job for him. Good job for him. You know, I am happy. We could have used him. that goal. Once in a while, but you know, he gave it, he saved it for Arizona. It wouldn't have really helped us in the first two games anyway. Too much. Um, that's true. Probably, probably still lose. So, anyway, yeah, those are the easy answers for hot and not. Um, but I think that we can dissect it more. What do you think? Who do you think I, are the hot or not? So, players? I fully agree on Wallstrom and Chara for the hot and not, respectively. I had an honorable mention for not as well. Uh, that is Josh Bailey. Mm, um, so, Josh one. Bailey. He's starting to pick up some heat again. And it's interesting, you know, there is a segment of the fan base that just hates him. And like, it doesn't matter how he's doing. They find a way to hate him. I am someone that uh, he won me over big time over the last few years. But I can like observe that he's been pretty rough so far. Um, Our whole power play has looked really bad. Josh Bailey has been really bad on the power play. Uh, He's like looking for passes that aren't there. Um, he's, he's just, he doesn't look very good so far. He's a minus five. Wow. Uh, and he's got one point and assist. Um, so he's got to pick it up. I've already seen people say, Hey, we got, I would trade Josh Bailey for a top four defenseman. And you know what? Sentimentality aside of him just having played his 920th game with the Islanders, which is really cool. He's on pace for, Um, I think exactly 1000 games. If he plays every game this season. Wow. Yeah. Huh. But I, I genuinely... Um, or it might be 999, like, actually. <laughs> it know. might be. It's very close. Yeah. It's right around... Because he just played his 920th. Right. And so, it's and the, third the third game. game. Yeah. So I guess it's 999. Wow. So if they get to the playoffs, game one would be 1,000. That's very cool. Um, anyway. Game one. Uh, I don't care who it's, who it's against. We're playing Tampa, and we're going to beat them. Yeah. <laughs> game two but, might be against somebody else, but game one, we're going to beat Tampa. Yeah. It'll be like, uh, I think in 2015-16, when we beat the... Uh, we beat the Panthers in the first round. Round two, I had no expectations. I was just like, we won a series. Right. That's my Stanley Cup. And then we beat the Lightning in game one, and I was like, no one can stop us. And we lost, the rest, <laughs> yeah. lost the rest of the game. So, uh. um, But anyway, um, Josh Bailey uh, looks really slow. Uh, bad passing so far, and that's his strength is passing. So, um, I mean, you could probably put a lot of guys in that. Um, Brock Nelson's a minus four. Bailey's a minus five. Brock Let's Nelson's Beauvill- a minus four. I got to yeah. pull up the team and Beauvillier's stats. a minus three. So that second line has just not gotten off the ground yet. That's, Basically outside yeah. of Bo scoring last night. Yeah. So, okay. So that's an interesting mention for for not because that's 
because I think Zdeno Char is only a minus four at the moment. Oh boy. Um, um. Oh, let's see. I can sort by that. Gotta find. Uh, the... Oh, okay. The highest plus Stats. minus is Paul Mary Dobson Pellet. That makes sense. And Wallstrom since he scored a bunch. Ooh, Paul Mary. Uh, yeah. Barzal's Dobson, positive, Pellet. so that's good. Uh, Josh Bailey's the worst on the team with minus Look five. Look at that. Green minus four. Char is only minus four. two. That's shocking. Scott that Mayfield's shocking. minus four. Scott Mayfield, you could probably throw on a consideration for worst player as well. Um, he, we're, dude, it's the first. <laughs> it's the first episode we're doing of the season, and we're already throwing Mayfield under the bus. We got to give him a break, man. Look, I he had an, uh, he had a really good playoffs. But he did, yeah. I do need to like. I, I'm trying to to like put that aside and be like, what have you done for me now? And that's what I'm doing with Bailey and Mayfield. That's and fair. Been, pretty rough so I, far. I i think though we are seeing that with a lot of people um a lot of people a lot Could of the players rust like you yeah said. that's i i um, really do think that and i think um like it you know you've mentioned it in every one of the recaps we just haven't mentioned here is like the fact that it's a what is it a 13 game road road yeah. trip like that's gotta lot. be hard and then i don't think i i have a pretty bad feeling that when we get to ubs it's gonna be a couple games before we get even get used to that arena so you know like it will be. I'm sure it will be nice because they'll be home. Night night one's gonna be. Ooh, it's gonna be rocking. Who are they playing? Calgary. Uh, how is Calgary doing? Uh, I I don't think they've won yet, but they've only played like two games. But like, how are they projected? You? I don't remember. How, uh, I don't remember what no, your ranking. No one were. knows. No one knows how to project them. I have them just outside the playoffs, but in a bad division. So I essentially think they're gonna be between. Like hey, somewhere like eighty-five points, like a completely respectably non-playoff team, <laughs> which is yeah. where they've been for like a few years. So if that happens again, they're just gonna like blow it up. Yeah. So we have to destroy them on our first home game. Mm-hmm. Um, no disrespect for Calgary, but you know. No disrespect, but you guys suck. No, no, no. I, 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 I. Part of me wishes it was a bad team so that we would know we'd have a good shot of winning. But I mean, also, Calgary could but be bad. Like right. I said, you never know with Calgary. They are, uh, I guess, the Western Conference version of the Flyers, where the Flyers one year will be amazing, the next year they'll be terrible. Mm-hmm. Calgary was the one seed in the in the West a few years ago and got dummied by the wild card Avalanche. Damn. Yeah. So, yeah, things uh, in the NHL uh, they don't last long. You could miss your window very quickly. Uh, um, but the, but the Stanley Cup is forever. So, that's what that, I always that's say. Probably true. That's what I always say. Change trophies over a hundred years in. Um, well, no, like they have the bands that they're moves. Yeah, yeah it's kind of cool. Have you seen the concept where it's? Like I did. I was just about to bring that up. Yeah. I want it to be like a like two stories tall at some point. It's like yeah. It's like kneel like, before just, your god, Babylon. Like six and a half. Try feet. to pick it up. <laughs> Every captain dies trying to pick it up. For now on, it's like six and a half feet tall. Like the yeah. the one with every single band. Um, but anyway, okay, so. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's really, I guess my opinion about this would be like, if Tom, if you came up to me, uh, you know, and we weren't recording cause we only, we never mm-hmm. do that. Like we only talk when the camera's no, we on. we only talk via Zoom. Yeah. Or, you know, with the camera on, but I'm behind mm-hmm. the camera. Um, yeah. is, uh, if you went up to me and asked my thoughts about the season, I, I would have said the literally the only two things I would say are. You'd say, get away from me. Why are you asking me that? <laughs> yeah. And I'd be like, wait a second, are you Tom from Belmont Punch? <laughs> and then I'd ask for your autograph. I would say that it's playoff fatigue. My, I would assume that there's playoff fatigue and just general like start of the season rust. And then um, 
and that's pro- actually, actually probably all I would say. Oh, and I and I am still excited for Parise. That's the last thing I wanted mm. to say. The last thing I want to talk about before we talk about the upcoming games, I think, and then we'll wrap mm. it up. Um, so, so yeah, I would just say like there's some new members. They're gonna they got to learn the system. We know that Trots has a very like you know rigid system. Uh, mm. I sh- maybe rigid is not the right word, but you know what I mean. It's his system. Like I would say, pretty rigid. And well, he because he mixes up the lines so much and stuff. So, um, uh, you know, but rigid, I guess, in terms of like how he wants the players to play. Mm. And um, so, so yeah, so I think the rust and then getting the, everybody kind of on the same board with the system. And, mm. you know, I think uh, yeah. those really like we'll, we'll have to at least wait probably the first month before we get like a reasonable gauge. Sure. And, and my biggest worry would just be that Chara and Green are so diminished mm-hmm. at this point that they can't keep up with that system admittedly i mean i was really worried about green last year and this year i i I don't know i guess it just it wasn't as much of a thought for some reason even though he's older um i so i have faith that green will be okay probably probably at best right you hope that he's good as good as he was last year Mm -hmm. um and he wasn't the best defenseman but he was he was definitely a helpful player you know like yeah maybe he's got to play with mayfield again i don't know um yeah, because I I know what they're trying to do with Chara is they're trying to have Dobson you know learn from him by playing with him. But I don't know how much you're gonna learn game wise. I think I said this in the video last night. I don't know how much you're gonna learn game wise from Chara right now because he sucks. Um, you're not gonna want to emulate his game right now. You're gonna want to emulate like his professionalism, his off the ice stuff. But I I do think uh, that already playing with the defensive pairings says to me that trots is like probably going to talk to uh lou at some point and be like hey can you give me a functional left-handed d man so that i can pick and choose green and chara based on when they're playing well instead of them both having to play and them both having to be good every night that's actually interesting yeah like to just you know uh have them each play you know basically half the season you know yeah Uh, because i i just like at this point i think in their careers neither of them can be a top four defenseman, which means I think the best case scenario, and this is easy uh, to criticize Lou for afterwards because it hasn't worked out, but I would have kept uh, Eric Gustafson, uh, who they had on a practice contract, a PTO, um, and they did not sign him to a full contract. He played well in the preseason. Uh, He's not like a, defensively gifted player, but he adds a lot of offense from the blue line. And I thought that would be a mm. better uh, Letty one for one trade-off. Absolutely. And so, and Gustafson actually, uh, he had a revenge game because he's on the Blackhawks. He got an assist on that goal that broke the shutout last night. So I joke about the revenge game, but it was, you know, anytime any a former Islander plays the Islanders, they have to get a point. Uh, I, yeah. Sure. That's like a law of the universe. It's not even yeah. like, it's not even, but I, you know? I would say that for the Islanders, at some point in the season, I think they're going to be forced. Even if they're even if they're like good, I think they're going to have to get reinforcements on the left hand side. Like it's it's like, I, for me, it feels inevitable. Unless Sebastian Ajo like breaks out or right. Robin Solo breaks out in the AHL, uh, I feel like they're going to have to get some outside help for the left. Interesting. Side. So who would you say? I mean, you did mention Bailey as. You know, people have talked about Bailey as being a potential mm-hmm. trade option. Yeah, and he needs to start playing better for that to even happen because yeah. no one's going to trade for five and a half million dollars if the guy's not playing well. Um, but what are what are other options? Where if you put on your GM hat, what would be your you know, just just some 
kind of shots in the dark for options for getting another left side D man. So it would be really funny if they traded for Letty, uh, but I don't think that'll happen. Letty wasn't great last year anyway. So he was you know, great for like most of the regular season, I would say. And then I would I, I would argue when he started to fall off towards the end of the season, that's mm-hmm. when the Islanders started to fall off because he was the only player, and I still think this is true. Uh, I mean, you know, he was the only player on the ice that was able to do zone entries. You know, he was, mm-hmm. he was the only person yeah, able to carry it into the, into the zone. No, you can see even, it on the power plays. Well, how big? Yeah, it is. exactly. It's it's just crazy. So because everyone knows now that Barzal is the only one that could do that. Because Noah Dobson tried the other night and he gave up a breakaway the other way. Oh my god! Noah yeah. Dobson's not there yet when it comes to uh, you know being the puck moving guy. But um, for like somebody to target. It had been rumored already that the Islanders are inquiring about Hampus Lindholm, who's a left-handed defenseman who's fairly young, like 25, 26 from Anaheim, and he's pretty good. Uh, but for that to happen, Anaheim's going to have to be pretty bad right? because he's a player that Anaheim could just go, no, we want to build around him because Anaheim is like in a rebuild and maybe you don't want to get rid of a 26-year-old good defenseman uh, in the middle of a rebuild when you want him to be one of the guys. And Anaheim's come out of the gates looking like, you know, competent. So it's going to take Anaheim, you know, falling back to earth and being bad for that hmm. to even start up. Um, and we would probably have to give up a lot for that. Uh, Hampus Lindholm's a good young player. So uh, we'll see. Uh, but that's the first one that comes to mind. If Chicago's as bad as they look, that was that the do- I think that was the dog barking. In I the don't background. know. Um, if Chicago's as bad as they look so far, maybe you go back and you get Eric Gustafson from them. Um, We'll see. He's a puck-moving defenseman, so something like that. Um, so I guess that's the three for now. I'll, I'll keep an eye on Hampus Lindholm. Well, yeah, but like, who do you think we could trade, or what do you think we can give up for oh, that? Oh, who could we give up? Um, Either, like, I don't even know if we have any draft picks left. We've given I up I was going to say Bellows, but, like, oh, yeah. Bellows, Bellows doesn't look good. I don't know who would want to trade I mean, I, I do right think, now. though, there are players that, uh, that are good or have promise that just, for whatever reason, don't jive with the trot system. You know, sure. Like, I don't know. They do have a lot of forwards now. um, But I I guess what they could do is if somebody sees upside still in Bellows and wants to take a shot on Bellows, and obviously I don't think that would be it. The Islanders would have to attach a pick as well. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, the Islanders might not be hurt that bad because they could just call up um, Richard Ponick we acquired in the Letty trade. And oh, he I forgot played about really, that, yeah. Yeah, he played really well in the preseason, but he got sent down because we just had too many forwards. Mm-hmm. Um, if the Islanders trade Bellows, I've, you know, I, I feel pretty comfortable with uh, Ponick coming up. He's a guy who scored 20 goals a couple times in his career, um, and the last couple of years have been down, but he was on some bad teams too. Uh, he was on Arizona for a year there. Uh, he was on the, uh, the Caps, I think, last year and then ended up with Detroit. So he's been been around the block recently but um i would feel comfortable with him coming up uh and, and playing a third line role on occasion like right the third line as it is right now and this will give me a chance to talk about the third line pajo parise wallstrom has been really good um i know uh there's not many points i guess pajo's only got one point but it was a great assist last night on the the second wallstrom goal the spinning pass cross yes. ice um and Parise, I've liked his forechecking. He's faster than the guys that we had on the third line last year. He reminds me a lot of Bo. Like, he has that 
jump in his step that like and the hustle i mm-hmm. i haven't seen him i haven't like paid attention close enough to like you know get any more info than that but definitely mm-hmm. he has the he has the the wheels or, or the skates or whatever i think i know some people said he did like we had that one comment that said mm-hmm. they didn't think so so um, yeah, I, I would I would disagree I, with with that comment. I agree with you. I think he's got some jumps still left in him. Um, how old I is think he now? He's like thirty five. Oh, okay, he's but, older than I thought. But he I, he's a motivated player. Yeah, we'll say because he got bought out of a long term deal, and you know when that happens, it's like a line out of Moneyball where the player was like, uh, "Whatever, you're paying me this much, and you're not going to play me." And Billy Bean's like, "The Yankees are actually paying." most of that contract for you not to play for them. <laughs> so, you know, that's kind of embarrassing for a player. Yeah. I, you also kind of understand that it's part of the business of the, the game, but um, he looks pretty motivated to me so far. I think so. Uh, and his uh, partner uh, who came over to Minnesota with him and also got bought out with him in the same offseason, Ryan Suter has looked pretty good in Dallas uh, since he started there. So I think those players have chips on their shoulder for sure. Um, and so far have, I mean, not a lot of like point production from uh, from Parise, but I like what I've seen, and I feel like the points will come. I, yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what I was gonna say. I, I think that like once he's more, can you hear, can you hear the dog? Barking? I can kind of hear the dog. Yeah. Um, once uh, once he's more integrated in the system, and like you know, I would say, and then hopefully, then I would assume this upcoming week or in the next coming couple games, you would we're gonna see mm-hmm. at least some assists. You know. Yeah. Um, some yeah, points. if he's playing with Wallstrom, of course. Wallstrom's yeah. going to be getting the goals, yeah. baby. You know what's crazy, though? Uh, I was just looking at the Blackhawks game, the players that scored. So three of the of the four goals we got were unassisted. Yeah, that is interesting. It's weird to see that. Like, um, that almost makes me feel like... We got makes, handed a couple goals. Yeah, exactly. There were you know. two of them that were directly off of blunders. Yep. Uh, yeah, because the first uh, one was Beauvillier, and then uh, both were from Wallstrom... But one of the, the second goal from Wallstrom was assisted by Pedro, like you said, from the spin yeah. pass. And then Clutterbuck's goal was unassisted. Yeah, the defenseman fell down. Yeah, that uh, looked gave, really bad. That was pretty bad. Yeah. I, and the the Chicago fans, they already sound done with that team. And it's like <laughs> four games. In, I feel like the part of that is the media's fault. You know, the lying media. <laughs> no, uh, they no the 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 hockey media has been like pumping up chicago for some reason and as you know if you watched my preview i had them finishing seventh place in that division and all of a sudden you know like last night i was watching on the broadcast and i've seen people have them go higher on the broadcast they were like oh this is a, of course it's a team that's going to be angry this is a team that has a lot of talent it should be in the playoffs no they shouldn't uh i'm sorry but that like i know the the west isn't good and that like that gives you a chance but I think the mm. central is way too good. And look at how they've played so far. They're leaving Mark Andre Fleury out there Dude, to drive. Absolutely, so yeah. He was pissed during like after that third goal. Mm-hmm. He or, yeah, or they're not goal. giving him a chance. Not at all, dude. And it's kind of you know maybe that's why I should uh, get off of Sorokin a little bit for the first two games. And I right. haven't been on him too much. Um, but Sorokin was excellent last night. He, I don't think we win that game if he doesn't stand on his head for two periods and yeah. give us the chance to fight back, because I think at one point in the first period, the shots were like 18 to eight. And that's just not good against Jeez. a team that I don't think is very good in Chicago. Um, but uh, like you, uh, we said earlier, they got better throughout the game. So that's something uh, we're seeing, you know, it was like a flat line through the first two games. Now it's like a little pulse coming up. So, <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, we got life. So, yeah. We got and, a lifeline. And, 
these I, actually we could transition this right into the upcoming schedule. Okay. Uh, for the next week, uh, we have Columbus, Arizona, Vegas. You need to win two of those games. Uh, it's probably too early in the season to say need, but as you brought up earlier, 13 game road trip, you got to get the wins against the bad teams on the road. Mm. Um, and I circle Columbus and Arizona and I go, you guys, come on, got to win these. Yeah. Like if they the can Vegas get two out of three wins this week, right? Like, I mean, that would be mm. like, I, that's, that's probably the best way to look at it for the, for the next three weeks, whatever, however long this road mm. trip lasts, because it's like, if you can win at least break even or win, like, you know, like two out of the three, mm-hmm. you know? at the very least win one out of the three. Uh, and, and there are parts of the week. schedule that aren't looking that tough in the, in this, uh, in this road trip um, looking past that. So you've got Columbus, Arizona, Vegas next week. Then you get Nashville, Montreal, Winnipeg. So mm-hmm. you've got a Nashville team. That's like, okay, you've got a Montreal team. That's like absolutely struggling. They're the worst team in hockey so far. They don't have a point yet this year. Oh my um, God. They have, really? They're missing. Yeah. They're Oh, four and Oh, they just got, annihilated five nothing by the sharks who i don't think are very good so what uh montreal has been terrible so chance for you there winnipeg is just finding ways to lose games in funny ways so far last night they were up five four they scored an empty netter that looked like it put the game away they went offside on the empty netter it got called back they gave up the time goal they lost an ot it's one of the most impressive losses i've ever seen um, wow and winnipeg is a lot of firepower but their defense has been terrible you get Minnesota after that. I think Minnesota's pretty good, so that's tough. You get Jersey. Jersey's looked decent so far. Then you get Tampa and Florida. That'll be tough. And then you get Calgary at home. At home. Uh, so this, this road trip is not terrible in terms of strength of schedule. So just And we have off. like a solid uh, a week off, almost mm-hmm. a week off at the end of uh, October. So after we play Nashville, yeah. we have one – Two, three, four. Oh, it's only four days off. Sorry, I thought it was um, still. That was still, that's a, you know. That's surprising. Yeah, you know, just to throw that to throw that in there before. Uh, I think that's that's only fair because the league that would be a nightmare if they were just making that much travel. travel. Yeah, a month and a half straight, or basically, yeah, like. Oh wait, yeah, I'm, we have we have five days off after the Vegas game. So after this, mm-hmm. so we're recording this on Wednesday the twentieth. Oh, that's terrible for viewership. It goes, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> for us, an entire week with no content, we'll have to. Um, we just have to make something up. Uh, so, yeah, so after the Vegas game, it's nothing. There's literally yeah. no games during the week next week. Yeah, I might Jeez. delete the channel in that period and start <laughs> yeah. over. Just get really anxious. There's no <laughs> but, uh, Yeah, but so, um, you know, this is actually helping calm me a little bit looking at the schedule because, I, you know, you just go 13-game road trip to start the year, and the last year the Islanders were under 500 on the road. And oh, so yeah. I w- yeah, so I was worried. I about and that, wow. Especially... I, the good thing so far is, I guess, the two teams you lost to are teams that I think are playoff teams, and the one team you beat is a team you should beat. So, I mean, obviously you want to see them start to beat teams that are playoff teams so that they can, you know, assert that they're still as good as they were last year. Um, but for now, I, honestly, the even though I have high expectations for the season, for this road trip, it's just like, hey, if you can get out of it six wins in 13 games, that's fine because you're going to get a lot of home games coming up after that. And so uh, I feel like it'll even out when it comes to that because we were so good at home last year. Yeah. yeah, And, and, and like you said, it it'll be, be interesting, interesting to see how quickly yeah. they establish. To see how quickly they get used to it. Part of me almost wishes, like, they took – maybe they did do this. I don't know. They took some piece of the Coliseum mm-hmm. and, like, put it, like, in the in, in UBS just to, you know, whatever. 
Yeah, I'm sure. You know, I bet you there's something. Ah, it's some... No, no. He. Oh, his leg. <laughs> um, I'm sure there's some sort of uh, like trinkets uh, that they brought over. Um, I know the locker rooms are a lot nicer apparently because Lou Lamorello said, oh, "You want to court players from other teams? Yeah, gotta make them remember the island." And uh, to that, I would say eight bars will make other t- teams fans appreciate the Islanders. As well. Oh, eight bars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> is it official that Offside Tavern's coming back? Uh, I haven't of... seen anything official. Because like I, I really... get, like the, that that Twitter account, the guy just keeps on saying like I He's have this it. this special news announcement to make. Can't wait to I... make my special. And I'm like. I'm like, I know one day it's going to happen, but... I think he's trying to make it a thing. And yeah, I, really I think hope, so. Uh, I hope... I mean, I'm on board with him. I hope it works. I mean, cool. I, I never got, got to go to offside a little bit. And I never it went. It was a lot of fun. I went for one playoff game in uh, 2019, the game where Leo scored and we went up 3 nothing on the Penguins. That, and that place was rocking like a mini Coliseum. That's awesome. Yeah. Hmm. All right. I think that's it, everybody. Um, yeah. any, any last thoughts before we go? Uh, no, just, uh, you know, like, uh, hopefully that win lets the fan base relax a little bit. Uh, cause I know some people were already getting very stressed, um, and give it time. This road trip is going to be, you know, a challenge. So be patient. Don't really pass judgment on this team until probably after they played a few home games. Yeah. Actually just never pass judgment on this team. Only, yeah, only yeah. we can do that. If uh, they don't make the playoffs, we're completely blaming the schedule. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and the new arena and espn and the bars and, and the ESPN, bo- yeah, absolutely yeah. espn <laughs> yeah all hey you know what maybe just the espn <laughs> yeah, yeah okay, that's actually fair um all right so uh i think there's only one thing left to do what's that uh and uh and that is this imitated never duplicated new york islanders baby we're back with a vengeance and we're coming for everybody and what you're gonna do when the New York Islanders run wild on you, baby. When he said.